0: I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is j Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilbert's Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Moscala and I'm down to dunk. This is j Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is me Dort and I'm down to dunk you say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. Yeah. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Alex, what is that that you're holding? I just if
1: you're it's a it's an extendable fly swatter. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought it could become like my bat how Jalen always has a bat. <laughs> I just always have an extendable fly swatter.
0: You have been holding an extendable fly swatter in lots of uh, pods. It's, it's very thing. fun
1: to wave around as can, you're talking.
0: I can tell. Uh, another reason for you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can check out this extendable fly swatter. Yes. That very Al. Sure. It has a target on it. Oh, It's, it's very nice a swatter. Uh, something else that was really nice was that game that Shea had against the Mavs the other night. It didn't result in a win for the Thunder, but man, he was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was incredible. Um, it,
1: there's been so many games recently, it feels like, where the other team is just making life absolutely miserable on Shea. And yeah. He is struggling yeah. to get his normal amount of points. He's still doing it, but it looks exhausting. This felt like a return to form in some ways. Against a team who has been very good defensively in in the past, you yeah, know? I mean, they were really good last year, um, but it just didn't matter. No, he, it, he he was getting to where he wanted to. He was not missing many of his shots, and he was also getting to the line. So when you have that combo, that's how you end up with forty two points. Um, yeah, he was he was awesome.
0: He was great. The the dunks are it feels new, especially the way he's dunking. Because yeah, he he dunked in the past and has had some nice dunks in the past, but like you never, when you think of Shea, you don't think of dunking. You think of layups and and him just spinning around everywhere. And you think a herky jerky uh, euro stepping, but not dunking. So this season, he has thirteen total dunks on the season he only had 23 last year in 56 games. So I mean he's set to to do more than last year but not by like a whole lot. Um but still it just feels a little different. Just the the two-handed ferocious dunk the one that he had down the lane was just like oh like he's screaming afterwards like he just it just feels different this season than it has in the past.
1: He's evolving. He's evolving, and luckily, part of that evolution has not been uh, to in- complain more to the refs. Yeah, because uh, man, we saw what a display from Luka Doncic. <laughs> he was. It was literally every play on both and ends, so, and some yeah, and sometimes plays that like I don't even know what he was complaining about. Like he he would have like just an like an exaggerated reaction to anything that happened (laughs) how is that not exhausting i mean maybe maybe that like keeps him in the game or something but i I don't know having that kind of a reaction
0: every like he probably did it like a hundred times in that game like i mean miserable it might have been more because it was on defensive plays too like anytime shea got fouled it was just he was just exasperated like i I just like half collapse to the floor like every time (laughs) Is is a lot. It is a lot. Uh, you know, I think Luca, I think this shows that Luca lacks something in his life. He lacks true friends, you know? Because if you had a true friend, a true friend would say, hey man, listen, you're great. You're amazing. You don't have to do this. Not every time. You got to at least save, like save them. Like give, give yourself 10 a game, you know, yeah. to be exasperated. And then when you're 10 or up, just be done. Because
1: uh, by the way, plug for our Discord, we were talking in the That's Discord right. during the game about how Shea is a really good proof of concept for how you don't have to complain all the time to get crazy amounts of free throws. Yeah. Because he, he went to the line thirteen times in that game. Yep. And just doesn't complain. And and it's not like it's not a big deal. Like if we had a player like Luca who complained all the time, we would obviously embrace that player. It's, it's because we're on the other side of it. But man, it is, it is just so annoying to watch. And I, I know this doesn't contribute to it, but in that game particular, it felt like there were so many reviews. Yes. That I was were. blaming on Luca because, well, they must be reviewing it because he complained so much. <laughs> There's some, like when I was re watching the game, there were multiple points during that game where I had clicking the fast forward button because yeah. there was nothing going on on I the know. court.
0: I know.
1: <sighs> yeah, I was... who, let me. Who 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 has been more, or who do you think was more bothersome as a neutral fan? I guess we're not really neutral, but James Harden peak James Harden or this version of Luca? Because because <sighs> Harden didn't really complain like this, but Harden also like grifted for fouls at a in a more
0: elaborate <laughs> way. Yeah, to me, this is just more egregious. Because it's unnecessary. It's like it's just unnecessary. Like Harden yeah. was doing it to get points, right? And like Luca's just doing it all the time, just like no <laughs> yeah. matter what, no matter what happens. Like the the foul grifting, yeah. It's it was annoying, but this is just this is just kind of on a different level. It's just and, and if you're a Luca fan, you kind of have to defend that. That's and this is something that I pointed out to. Tyler Parker the other day came on um, the OKC Dream Team show. We were talking. We had this like long segment about Shay, and the great thing about Shay is like we don't have to defend him. Like there's nothing yeah. like as like Luca with the complaining, like Russ with like his inefficiencies, and just the generally the way Russ acted like. You, you don't have to defend him. You just let the compliments just flow, just flow, because like the league, when they watch him, it's just like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. He's so good. You know, and he's and there's like not a lot to. I don't know. You don't have to defend anything about Shea or his game right now.
1: And like when he is getting 13 free throws in a game, it's not because he's drawing fouls on the perimeter most of the time. It is because he is leading the league in drives. Yeah. And is just relentless about going in there over and over again.
0: Yeah, I I put together like the highlight package of his game the other night and I was watching it and it's just like this constant just him just going to the rim just over and over and over again. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive what he's able to do. And yeah, it's it's a joy to have a superstar like this. That's like I mean it, it this must have like felt how and it's and I'm not trying to say he's going to be as good as this guy, but like having Steph Curry as your superstar. Like, you don't have to defend yeah. Steph Curry. Like, he's just incredible. And he's not only incredible on the court, he's a great person, a leader, all these things. And you just like get to sit back and just let it be. And it's yeah. pretty and great. I feel like there's
1: more and more of those guys. I mean, I would put Tatum in there too, where it's like, I don't have anything negative really to say about Jason Tatum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seeing with Jokic.
1: Uh, Yeah, Giannis, other than pushing over the ladder, uh, if that was his worst offense in his career, it's not too bad. Glad he didn't hit anyone. (laughs) Uh, I did want to bring up a few what I thought were the key moments of that game. Sure. Um, The final two and a half minutes of the first half, I just want to walk through what happened real quick. Yeah. Because I thought it was very, it wasn't the reason they lost that game, but it was Everything they did wrong in that game, they did wrong in that two and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so it started with a wide open Reggie Bullock three, yeah, block three, when SGA helped on Luca in the lane. Do you know? Uh, so, so Dallas is third in the league in wide open attempts, wide open three attempts per game, 21 attempts per game. Um, and I know that stat can be a little wonky, but at least watching the game, it made sense. Do you know what team, just off the top of your head, generates the most wide open threes per game in the league? Hmm. I don't. It is Oklahoma City.
0: OKC. Okay, Interesting. 23.4 attempts per game. Is and that I I had like and and that's probably because no one wants no one, it's it's so, like a strategy not to close out on their shooters. Yeah, exactly. And so
1: Dallas, which I know some of their shooters have been off this season thj yeah. uh, Dorian finney smith's been been pretty consistent Bullock has not been shooting his normal but like those guys are traditional shooters yeah, we, yeah. we all acknowledge that they're shooters yeah, yeah, for sure do you know how many wide open threes dallas had in that game no probably a they billion had t- 29 yeah average 21 for the season which is third best they had 29 in that game and they were 13 of 29 on those sh- shots which is About 45%. And watching that last two and a half minutes defensively, it was like the same story every single trip down. Luca would drive into the lane. There was a clip. I was trying to clip it, but NBA doesn't let you do screenshots, where every single Thunder player had at least one foot in the lane. Yeah. And there were three guys, the three best guys, THJ, Bullock, and and Dorian Finney-Smith, all wide open on perimeter. And so you saw this over and over again where he would just kick out to one of them and Shea is running from like under the rim to try to, con- to t- contest this three. <laughs> there were so many plays like that. And I get why other teams guard OKC this way. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't care. Like, if, who's Shea going to kick out to? Like, are, Even though Poku's been very good from three, do, do you really care that he's kicking
0: out? Both? Yeah, let Poku beat you is, like, is what yeah. I would say. Yeah.
1: But there were so many times where it's like, do we really need to help on Luca that much? I know he's great, but they were leaving up so many three-pointers. Okay, so that was the first play, wide open, block three. Dort missed a three. That was the next play, and he knew he missed it. It was the, it was the one where he shot it and was already running to the rim because he knew he missed it. <laughs> then, Boku gets a rebound. They, they miss a shot. In transition, pass to Dort, who misses a leg. Then oh, Luca gets an N1 when Dort just wipes out on a screen. It's not really his fault, but it left Isaiah Joe as the lone defender on Luca. Then Poku missed a wide open three. Dort gets the rebound. They pass it back to Dort. He misses another three. So we're already at two missed threes and a missile for Dort in this final two and a half minutes. And then uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a three where it looked like J-Dub thought they were switching. Like, he... he it did not look like he like it looked like he was definitely going to cover Luca, but Dort was also f- fighting so hard to get over the screen. Yeah. As a result, Tim Hardaway Jr. wide open three. Then Dort had a turnover under the basket on the very next play. Yeah. Then a Reggie Bullock wide open three. Then we finally end with something nice at J Dub Floater. And it just felt like that was emblematic of when they've been bad. This is what happens. Like I did not mention SGA's name once on offense yeah. in all of that. It's a problem. We we I mentioned Giddy's name and all of that. We finally get like a J Dub floater at the very end, but those type of stretches when they happen and it feels like they happen every now and then, they're so frustrating. Yeah, because it feels like there are options. I mean, what J Dub did in that game, if you look at his shot chart, <laughs> he, he's not been good from three, but his shot chart is like all these mid range pull ups that he is just killing this year.
0: Yeah. Listen he, to this. So he hit he, every mid-range pull-up in that game.
1: I think, he aside did. from one. And if you look at the overall stats, if you go on NBA.com, you can break it down. He's had 55 catch-and-shoot attempts. 54 of those have been three-pointers, which makes sense. There's not a lot of catch-and-shoot twos. This is like the one area game where it's, it's been rough. He's shooting 29.6% on those catch-and-shoot three-pointers. Yeah. Has to be better on that. Yeah. Pull-ups, he's taken 37 pull-ups... Thirty-five of them have been two pointers. He's only taken two pull-up three pointers, and he's missed both of them. But the pull-up two pointers, he's shooting fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven percent. He looks pull-up
0: two pointers. He, he looks so comfortable doing it. I mean, it's just he does. You, can, you can tell that like that is, and it's great because those that's the pocket of the defense they leave open. You know, like right. it, he's usually coming off a screen attacking a big and the big is dropping back. And so as like he did it against Christian Wood several times in that game, he would just wait until Wood was a little bit too far away to recover and just pull up. I mean it was just money almost every single time. I mean, you look at what he's been able to do, let's just say over the past 10 games, you know, he's 12.8 points per game, 54% from the field, 30% from 3. Uh three boards, two point three assists. I mean, he's been really, really good. I mean, it's it's kind of funny you compare him to Jaden Ivy's stats over the last ten games. They're almost like identical stats except yeah. for Ivy's taking more shots and missing more shots. Hmm. Like they're both what is, what is Ivy shooting from the field? In the last ten games, Ivy's thirty four percent from the field. Okay. And twenty three percent from three. But it's the same, like three rebounds. He's averaging one more assist than than J Dub is, but you know he's got the ball a little bit more, and you know he's taking twelve shots to J Dub's nine, thirty four percent to J Dub, fifty four percent. I mean, it's it's just interesting to compare those two, and the situations are different. Obviously, like there's not a ton of pressure on J Dub right now. Like he just gets to play this role. He's playing next to and Giddy and gets to kind of pick his spots where Jay Nivey's like, yeah, you've got to help us. <laughs> we're like, we're underwater yeah. here in Detroit. you got to help us. And he's trying, but he's just not been efficient. But the way that Jalen Williams has played has been crazy. And you're just like, okay, how scalable is this efficiency? You know, at least from two. Like, could he take 15 shots and shoot 54%? Like, is that a thing, or is it just like these nine shots are what are available to him, and he just takes the right kinds of shots, like almost every time? There's been very few plays on offense that he's made this year where you're like, "Oh, that's not right. Uh, he shouldn't be doing that." You know, he's kind yeah. of the the anti Dort on offense. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he just makes the right decision. Nearly every time, and you're just like, okay, I, I like more of that, please. Like, let's let's do that, but just more often.
1: Yeah, I uh, just his ability to get to his spots as a rookie, seemingly whenever he wants, yeah. and then when he can't get to his spots, knowing that he hasn't gotten there, and passing out and doing something different. Yeah, um, because you know we've seen with Dort and Baisley in particular. And sometimes with Josh as well, where they'll get in a bad spot and they'll just kind of force it and, like, okay, let's just throw something up and see what happens. Yeah. Um, that is not how J Dub plays. And which makes it so frustrating that his plus minus continues to be so miserable. He was the team worst plus minus in that game. I think it's like a minus 24. And I know it's a dumb stat, but I still want it to start recognizing. <clears throat> How good he is. So, Andrew, I, I went on a pbpstats.com mm-hmm. where you can like plug in different combos because I just wanted to see okay, is this because of J Dub or is it like a specific pairing with another player on the team that's really dragging him down? And so, like for instance, you compare him with Giddy when he's off the when it's when it's just J Dub on the court, it's a minus 6.5. When you add Giddy, it becomes a minus 11.99. Okay, so it goes down. But that's pretty consistent. Same thing with SGA. When it's J-Dub by himself, minus five. When you add SGA in, minus 12. You see <laughs> that kind of a gap. However, and that's pretty consistent across like a lot of different players. The, the one player where he gets significantly better with, or the two players, were, are JRE and Dort. Mm-hmm. Um, when you add them onto the court with J-Dub, the net rating gets better. But the one that stuck out, j dub on the court with poku off minus four point four okay add poku onto the court with j dub and they are at minus twenty one point two four that is by far the largest gap it's bad and it was re- it, and and i don't even this isn't an anti poku thing well should because be? can't, i think, can't do that here yeah i think that poku's been put in a really challenging position this year yeah. Because if Chet had been healthy, so m- much more of his minutes would be coming at the four, and not just coming at the four, but coming next to a legitimate rim protector. Yeah, and asking Poku to kind of—I <laughs> mean—and to be to his credit, there were moments uh, d- during the season and in that game where it's like, "Hey, that was a really nice like drop coverage play by Poku. He really yeah. like was patrolling the paint there." Yeah, but on the whole looking at the stats, it actually hasn't been that good when Poku has been at, at center. Yeah. And so looking at those two-man combinations, it just feels like that J-Dub Poku front court is not helping either guy necessarily. Now, we want to see those guys get minutes, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. But maybe that's one of the reasons why J-Dub's you know, net rating has looked so poor, like when you go and sort on cleaning the glass.
0: yeah yeah I mean that makes sense. I mean, it's the net rating stuff is gonna be wonky all year also just because there's so many different combinations like there's no real chance for consistency with this thunder team just with the there's way, not which with with the amount of lineups they play I mean you got guys going in and out of the g league you have you know, stretches where it's like Wiggins is playing a big role and then he's gone and then Isaiah Joe right now is playing a big role but then he'll have a chance to sit at some point. I mean it's just I mean the lineup that, and that, that's why the lineup that's played that, the most has only played 87 minutes
1: together. And that's why that game was kind of interesting because that starting lineup played 16 minutes which yeah. doesn't sound like an amazing amount but like that that is a lot when, for this thunder
0: season. Yeah, when I, when the most played lineup this season <laughs> Has only played 10 games together, 10, Yeah, and played only 87 minutes. That's the most. That's the very most. And it's Shea, yeah. Dort, Poku, JRE, Giddy. They, <laughs> this is like a, a pretty typical Thunder starting lineup. You know what they are as a five-man unit, net rating-wise?
1: Well, the starting lineup against Dallas was a
0: minus 20, so I'm going to guess somewhere around there. Minus 27.9 in their 87 oh. minutes together.
1: Okay, so improvement.
0: Yeah. I. However, listen to this. In 80 minutes, you add J-Dub in for Poku. So it's J-Dub and Jerry. Yep, J-Dub and Jerry. Only a minus <laughs> five.
1: Yeah, that was the combination I saw that I was like, hmm, of course Jerry just
0: like, Looks. And then, then he just like destroys <laughs> his, ankle. his ankle. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked really bad. Yeah, um, yeah, and he was like limping. Back yeah, to the yeah. It'll be he'll he'll be out for a minute, I would guess.
1: Uh, a few more lineup things. I thought it was hilarious that the lineup that almost brought them back. You know, it was only four minutes, but that lineup that was SGA, Isaiah, Joe, Lou Dort, Baisley, and Eugene. Yeah, Rui. yeah. What a weird lineup. I was when that when I saw that lineup come in, I said, Well, this isn't going to be this. this is this looks miserable. They, they better hold Dallas to zero points because I don't know how they're going to score. Everyone's just going to load up on SGA and we're going to get like a bunch of Dorton Bay's threes. And they did it out, uh, Andrew. They, uh, they, they, that was the best lineup of the night, somehow. So maybe we need to see more of these uh, all-defense units. And then you plug in Isaiah Joe in there, who again was awesome. And by the way, last time on the, on the pod last week, I mentioned how if you look at everyone who takes at least 2.9 degrees per game, which is what uh, Isaiah Joe was taking, the minimum minutes per game that a guy is getting is 18, which I think was uh, uh, Sam Hauser with yeah. Boston. Who, who is shooting that well? Because I, I think I made the cutoff like 45%. Yeah. Since then, do you, Isaiah Joe's been averaging exactly like 18 minutes per game. He's gotten 18, 19, and they 20. They heard you. They heard you. these last three games. And it's been great. Like every single time he's on the court has been good. You keep waiting for like the moment where he just has the off game and is like 0 for 5 for 3. Yeah. And it does not happen. Every time the ball goes up I'm wondering is this going to be is this going to be the start is 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 <laughs> is it all about to be revealed to be fake but no he just keeps nailing threes.
0: Yeah, and you just to start it. to wonder like is, is Isaiah Joe going to be a part of this team? Like can he be like the shooter off the bench for this team? Well, I was
1: kind of like not I was kind of half joking, half just kind of like trying to wish it into existence it is a kind of thing where like if you shoot 45% from three and you're not the worst defensive player in the world, like eventually the team just has to play you. Yeah. I think like, he... there's a point where, where the value from that shooting is so high that you can't really justify playing someone else because that is
0: like such a valuable piece to have. Yeah. He's like forcing the hand of Mark Degnault right now.
1: Yeah. And, and normally I would be, you know, miffed and peeved because obviously it's, it seems to be taking minutes from Aaron Wiggins Entre. Um, and and Trey. but uh, it's deserved. And I think there's other ways to get those guys minutes. But yeah, yeah, I've been I've been thrilled with Isaiah Joe. I, w- I was wondering, you because you've been to a lot of games at this point. Have you yet spotted an Isaiah Joe
0: jersey in the wild? I have not. The only Joe jersey that I've seen is just his in the locker room, hanging hanging in the hanging in the <laughs> locker room. It just says. Joe because I mean
1: because his last name is Joe it's already kind of a cool looking jersey because it just says Joe on the back just says Joe but it, it feels like a you know if, if like a hipster pick yeah if you're about to get a, a new jersey <laughs> getting Isaiah jo- Joe jersey is pretty cool because I bet not a lot of people are going to have that and so I know it's going to happen somebody's going to do it
0: yeah I I don't know if I'd recommend the investment <laughs> jerseys oh, are uh, very expensive <laughs> I would
1: strongly recommend the investment <laughs>
0: but hey we're not
1: asking to buy eugene omarui yeah i would not buy this is isaiah joe yeah sniper
0: what's okay so what's the jersey jerseys you should buy the official thunder jerseys you should buy rankings
1: okay so i think and, and i'm ranking these a combination of how safe you should feel buying them yeah and then just like
0: not thinking so hard about it. To also, just like in 20 years, you're going to pull that jersey out and be like, oh my gosh, this, uh, this jersey, this is amazing. Like, I'm so glad I have this.
1: Well, that's different because in that case, getting a Eugene Omarui jersey would actually no, be incredible. No, no, no. To have no, no. No,
0: no, it would not. <laughs> and
1: trying to explain to anyone.
0: Yeah, no, not that though. Not, not like uh, that. Not like that.
1: Okay. Just like it brings I back, think-
0: like the memories <clears throat> just flood back in.
1: So I think you start with SGA as the obvious no-brainer pick. Yeah. He's if, you, no-brainer. if you don't want to think too hard about it, you just get SGA. Yeah. I think number two is Chet.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of Chet jerseys already floating around.
1: Yeah. Which makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Then I think you probably go Giddy uh, after that. Yes. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is where we, it can get interesting. I think you could go Poku. This is kind of like the guys you're hoping turn
0: into something great. Yeah. So it's like... Poku or J Dub? I'd recommend J Dub. Like if you're, I'd get one now. Like if you have a J Dub jersey, get it now
1: in case they raise
0: the price. Well, I'm just saying, if you have it now and you wear it now, like you're you're just you're a hipster, like you're a cool NBA fan, you know. Yeah, you're you're getting on the ground floor. Yeah, and then I'd go Poku, just because just having a Poku jersey, I kind of wish, just like it says Joe on the back of. Isaiah Joe's jersey that it would just say Poku. Poku, you know?
1: yeah, that would be nice. And and to that point, you know, a Dort jersey is cool because I mean, Dort's just a great last name and it looks Dort. cool on a jersey.
0: Yeah, as whatever you think about Dort's play recently, just put that in the back of your mind and buy yourself a Dort jersey because it's kind of cool. um, it's kind of cool.
1: So and then after that, you know, now now you're getting now it's getting risky. We're ri- it, This is risky. This is risky And, now. and so this is where I'd say. You know what? Unless you're a huge Trey Mann fan, Man fan, Man fan, go, go Isaiah Joe. If if you're the person who already has seven jerseys or however many people we just listed out, yep. make that eighth one an Isaiah Joe jersey.
0: Uh, what about what about an Usman Jang jersey? Are you ready to? Oh yeah, to, to risk I, I, it all I, yeah, we should probably
1: include him as well.
0: I mean, that, that's that is the I, I talked about J Dub being like the hipster pick. The uh, wearing a Jang jersey. To yeah. a Thunder game is like the ultimate Thunder hipster. And if you get it customized to,
1: say, Gen gang, that, even, would, that would be... Even more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a few other uh, stats I just wanted to bring up. So, looking at Giddy's threes, because he's been really good over this recent stretch. I think he's hitting... He's hitting over 50% of his last however many. Last, last like, 22.
0: Last five games, he is... Uh, fifty percent on four attempts okay. a
1: game. Um, I was looking at his stats last year. So he took 207 threes. Uh twenty four percent of them were pull up threes. Wow. And he actually shot better on his pull up threes. He was he shot thirty three percent on those pull up threes. Wow. He only shot twenty five percent on catch and shoot threes, which made up, you know, seventy five percent of his shot diet. Bad. This year he's only only taken nine pull-up threes out of 72 threes, which represents 12% of his sh- of his three-pointers. So last year, it was 25% mm-hmm. of his three-pointers were pull-ups. This year, it's down to 12%. He's, 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 he's made one of nine. Okay, hasn't been good. One of nine. But the catch-and-shoot threes, which are the ones that right now make more sense for him, he, there, he's shooting 33%. That's great. So I'm feeling... Hopeful, I would say.
0: Yeah, you can tell I, the work that he's put in. There, there are times, and some of it is just because no one guards Josh Giddey when he shoots the three. But you yes. can see him adjusting the ball as after he catches it before he shoots it, which is definitely something that he's working on, especially with the thumbs. And so that's great. Like he really is and this is a a great attribute for an NBA player is like just being coachable because it you're one of the 400 best players in the entire world. And a team is coming to you saying, Hey, we want you to get better at this. We want you to change these things. You know, this guy's going to tell you how to do it. You know, if you get to that and some of these guys, when they get to this point, they're like, I'm do you realize who you're talking to? <laughs> like I'm one of the best players in the world right now. Yeah. And you're telling me that I need to change something. You know, it's it takes some humility on Josh's part to be able to do that. And you can tell he's really doing it. I mean, over the last 10 games, I mentioned over the last 5 games he's 50%, but over the last 10 games, he's 39% from 3.
1: Yeah, it gives you hope. I mean, you don't want to get too excited because I mean, we've seen this with uh, Dort. I mean, Dort has had... In fact, he just had one. Like a streak over a certain number of games where he was shooting like 40% from three. Yeah. We, I remember at the beginning of that one season, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, where he shot like 40% for a month. Yeah. So, the, you know, we're not out of the woods in terms no, of... No, 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 no. Just, just but, the
0: fact that he can make a 10-game stretch, and it's not like he's taking... A ton, it's like like a ton of threes. I mean, it's a 20, 28 shots. Right. You know, yeah. so it's not it's not anything to go crazy on. I think that the number that he's shot on the whole season, that's a number where you're like, Okay, I that is where he is, you know, this season. It's not that the last ten games, it's what has he done with seventy five threes? Well he shot thirty two percent. You know, and even if you told told me like before the season, like, hey, he's you know, a quarter way through the season, a little bit more than that. He's shooting, you know, 32% from three. You're like, oh, great, progress.
1: Yeah, because as a reminder, he shot 26% last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is that is significant progress. And you can yeah. tell, and he's taking the right kinds of shots, and Shea is the one that's <clears> finding <throat> him a lot of times. I mean, that is, this is kind of what we were had hoped, this is kind of progress that we had hoped to see. This year, and we thought it would be more of Shea off ball, but it's been a lot of Giddy off ball, like finding spots and taking spot up threes and being willing to, you know, score more around the basket and things like that, and not have the ball in his hands all the time. Where when we had that moment, that Phoenix game in particular last year which was the whole not my plan A thing from Shay. It feels like there's been a departure from that. You know, it feels like it's yeah. been, hey, no, this is this is Shay's team. And no one no one can gripe about that. <laughs> right, yeah, for good reason. Yeah. So it's there's been a lot of encouraging signs this year, especially when it comes to the way that Josh and Shay are starting to play together, I mean it's great. And I just think one, I, I think that, that Chet will change all of it anyways, but you know, it helps to to get this kind of start for them.
1: I know. It, it is so actually I was gonna ask you this. If you think about players who your opinion of them will change the most by the introduction of Chet. Or 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 will who will have like a, a new a new ceiling will be revealed for that player when you see them playing next to Chet. Who who would you put like at the top of that list?
0: <sighs> is it is it insane to say mm-hmm.
1: Shea? Uh, it's scary because what would that even be?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just think introducing a player for the defense to care about could unlock yeah. Shay further. Yeah, if if
1: he has any like, if if he has any shot making ability, and you have him with J Dub and Shea on the court at the same time, like yeah. that that's three legit threats. Yeah, that you should be worried about.
0: And if Giddy can do what he's done so far and and like continue to improve as well, who's just like another smart player on the court that rebounds really well that can help find good shots that can make a spot up 3 I mean you're starting to see like the the team form and they're not they're not good yet but you can see like the the bones of a good team forming like before our eyes and it really they lack a presence in the middle and they lack somebody for the defense to care about and that's what's great about Chet coming back next year is that he provides both of those things and hopefully he stays healthy and has a long career at the Thunder. And if he does, I mean, I think it could unlock a lot for him. Who who did you have in mind?
1: Uh, I think the guys who have been kind of forced to play the center roles like Barry and Poku. Yeah. I think it's just it's just going to be entirely different on-court experience for them when they are playing next to someone like Chet yeah, and do not have to sh- shoulder the entire burden of protecting the rim.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, th- I think you could see, especially with Jerry, like if if they come out next year with like Shea, well, I don't want to get into the dork conversation, but Shea, I'll just name four players, Shea, J-Dub, Jerry, and Chet in in like a lineup, if that was like a starting lineup. And then I'm just, <coughs> I'm assuming Dort's the fifth one in that scenario. But then, of what course, about what, Giddy? what do you do? I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to have this conversation. I'm just saying that lineup, those four guys,
0: I think that would really help Jerry. Yeah. I mean, all he has to do is hit spot up threes and play defense. Yeah. I and mean, he's just like, he's basically P.J. Tucker, you know? Yeah. It'd be it'd be really nice. So yeah,
1: I'm I'm very excited for next season. Um it do, it does feel like we're entering kind of like the the dog days of the NBA of the NBA season. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it's nice they're gonna have this homestand. Yeah. Because this homestand will probably decide the season. I mean the season's probably already been decided um in some respects, but you never know with a homestand this long. Yeah. I mean, this is seven games. It's
0: a long, it's a long homestand.
1: Yeah. And uh yeah, there's some tough matchups in there, but that hasn't really stopped them before, so Yeah. Uh I don't know. I'm
0: looking at this 7-game
1: stretch. I could it, I it's either going to I feel like it's going to be 3-4 or four or 4 and 3. Yeah.
0: Well, um, let's uh let's talk more about that home stretch right after this quick break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open, the perfect role in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place on LinkedIn 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Yeah. I I agree. I think this will determine a lot of where this this team is headed. And I don't know. I I agree. that I mean, they're going to win some of these games. There's just no doubt about that. I mean, they play Miami tonight. Jimmy Butler's out. Yeah. This Heat team has not been great. In fact, like one of the worst teams to watch (laughs) all season. I hate watching the Heat. They're terrible, man. They're awful to watch. Uh, but without Jimmy, they just haven't been very good at all. Like, there's just no – they can't score. Like, they just struggle to score the basketball. And Jimmy's, like, a lot of times it's been their saving grace there at the end of games. And he's not if he's not there, then it's rough. And then Friday, they get the Minnesota Timberwolves. We all know the, the chaos that has been around the Timberwolves. I feel like the Thunder have played the Timberwolves 300 times already this season. It's like, when I saw that on the schedule, I just said, why, why? Why?" Um, but they play them again on Friday, back to back Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies who have been, even without Desmond Bain, the best team in the NBA over the last like 10 games or so like that will be a tough one. And like, could be a, a blowout if you know, things go right and it's a back to back, but it's home. So it's like, whatever. Um, and then they do this, they do this thing where they play the Blazers on Monday and Wednesday of the following week. They did this earlier in the season with the Clippers, but they get to see the Blazers twice. think mean, that's a good team. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Thunder got one of those. Wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get either of those. Uh, then they have the Pelicans on Friday, December twenty third. Pelicans are they lost last night, but they've otherwise been rolling. And they might, or probably, have Brandon Ingram back for that game too. So that's interesting. And then the uh, the red hot San Antonio Spurs, who have somehow, by the grace of God, won three games in a row.
1: Yeah, it, it is truly wild that <laughs> we're at this point in the season, and both Houston and in San Antonio are just two games back of OKC. Yeah, I, I would
0: have never guessed that. And they feel world. Saint- they feel worlds away from being where the thunder are, and it's like, yeah, they're really not. <laughs> yeah, and to Houston's credit, like they have like legit wins. They've like, they played have- really. They have played really well. They played really well against Phoenix last night. Um, yeah, they're starting to. They're starting to scrape together a, a little something there in Houston. I mean, I did not bust. expect it. Beating yes, that that is really something. I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if it's like <laughs> classic good team underestimating bad team. You know, I don't I don't know what it is, but they've strung together some wins too. But but I th- yeah, I think if you're a a tank head, you know, you're looking at the
1: standings and it's like, "Oh, we're we're not that far out." We're as kinda, long as and yeah. Orlando's been picking up. Orlando I think has won 3 in a row. They're up to eight wins. So who knows? I mean, the the nice thing about this season is, as we've seen, SGA has basically been playing the entire season. I think he missed one game, and this is their record. Yeah, like you don't really maybe have to sit SGA at any point, and you would still have like a uh you know lottery worthy record.
0: Yeah, like lottery pick worthy record. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what they're gonna have. Yeah, I I think that they're. I mean, five thirty-eight thinks that they're going to be the f- the fifth fifth in the reverse standings by the end of the season. You know, some of this is helped by like Utah. Like Utah's still winning games, and the Pacers are still winning games, and you know that's it's been a big help to, <laughs> to OKC because you could have easily seen them, you know, winning this amount of games and being like tenth, and. Like, I I don't. I just. I hate that range. <laughs> I hate being in that range. You know, it's like that's, yeah, that, that's a wizard's range. Where if you're in that range in the draft, it's like flipping a coin if you're going to get a, a player or not. You know, they took Johnny Davis, who I like Johnny Davis in the draft process, but he has been putrid so far. Summer league, G League, NBA, it's all bad. Um, and, yeah, they lost seven in a row, and he's not getting any time. Yeah. Minutes. Yeah, they don't have a point guard. They don't have a point guard right now, and they were like, "Yeah, no, you're you're good. You're good. Stay over there." I mean, it's it's not good, and you you don't want to be in that range. So, if they can end up five or six, like I feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, it is it is so wild that they are closer to Houston and San Antonio than the Pacers or the Jazz. <laughs> I mean that that is just. So different from what I thought this season, how it was going to go. Really, yeah. the only team that's kind of like thrown their hat in the mix that maybe was a surprise to people, but probably shouldn't have been was Charlotte. Um, yeah, like we all knew the Spurs, Houston, Orlando, Detroit would likely be down there. Obviously, I was higher on Orlando, and it hasn't worked out. but yeah, there's there's no real threats because I look at Washington and it's like, what are they really going to do? You can't how do you pivot? Like you just signed Beale to this huge deal. You just traded for Przingis. Well,
0: in fact, you they're just talking brought about trading in, like, for John Collins, like flipping Kuzma for John Collins was like in Shams recent yeah article. It's like what is and, and like what does that even do for you as the Wizards? Like I kinda like that for the Hawks just because I think that it that adds the kind of player that they need. But like And probably
1: gets the leaker off of the team. <laughs> because what other explanation is there for them wanting to get rid of John Collins all the time forever and ever? It is weird. It is really weird. Cuz
0: it was like there has uh, to be cause before it was like, oh, like they don't want to pay him. Well, then they paid him. And then they paid him. And now it's like, yeah, we still don't want him. I don't know. It is a weird situation. The Hawks are the Hawks are in like a very very weird situation. I talked about this on Monday with McKelly, but it's like the Hawks like a great reason why like you don't want to push the button too early because it's like, yeah, they got to the East finals. that's great. But now like they have expectations because they did that and they kind of got there in a little bit of a fluky manner because that Sixers team just fell apart on national television, you know?
1: Yeah. Because once you're at this point, the only next step is rebuilding at, at some point. Like you've, you've gotten like to that next step. You've, you've, in terms of like the moves you've made, yeah, like the only expectations now are playoff success. And so if you don't achieve playoff success, the only other option at that point is you be the wizards forever, or you have to rebuild. It's not yeah. like I think Atlanta is going to blow it up anytime soon, but that pressure on them, which was all self-imposed. Right. It, it just, it's, it, it feels like it, like if they had lost that bulls game, which they probably should have lost. That game was insane. I think there were three lead changes in the last like second or something. Yeah, they would yeah, be on a five-game losing streak. Yeah, heading into play Orlando, who has won three in a row. Yeah, I, I I like I hate the Hawks right now. Like I'm just so, in terms of like their future and how they're going to figure this out, it feels like they need a move. And there are positives like AJ Griffin. Has been very impressive season. Yeah, Um, yeah, Jalen Johnson's finally getting minutes, so you see that like there is a young core here, but we don't think of them as a young core. We think of them as like, oh, this team has expectations. They need to be making the second round of the playoffs every single year.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like part of what the Hawks did that the Thunder aren't doing is like Danilo Gallinari played 25 minutes per game for them in the playoffs. You know. Lou Williams played 15 minutes per game for them in the playoffs. You know, Clint Capella, who they traded for, played a big role for them. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich played a big role for them in the playoffs, who's, like, in trade rumors for them now. It's like, and and the Kevin Herter thing, golly. I mean, they traded Kevin Herter for basically relief, cap relief. And, like, he was... I mean, he was one of their most important players. He put 31 minutes for them. And then now you're kind of left with this team where it's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, they – and the, and they made a big trade in the summer. You're know, Like, this is why – because you a part of the reason why they did that is that they feel this pressure. Like, oh, yeah, we got to the East Finals. Like, we got to get back there again. How do we get back there again? Well, maybe we make this DeJounte Murray deal. And they made the, – I, I don't know. Like, it's – this is why you – would rather your team be patient. And like, I know that like national media and people are always like, clamoring, like I'll get Shay some help. You know, look at the, was Shay going to want out and blah, 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 blah. And like, Shay has never said anything that makes you think that he wants out now. Now that doesn't mean that that'll be forever. Like we don't, we don't know, but like what he said to Joe Masato, that he trusts Presti, that Presti's base, everything that Presty has said has come to fruition, you know? So, like those, this is why if your star is not pushing and saying like you got to get me somebody now, like I'm ready to win now, like you got to be okay with letting things just kind of develop, because you know you get players like Chet in and whoever they're going to get in this next draft, and then you get to kind of see who you are without having to make a Clint Capella trade or a Gallinari trade or you know bring old man Lou Williams onto your team to play minutes.
1: Yeah, it almost felt like they, they probably felt like they were in a similar situation of Portland, where it's like, Trey Young is so good, as long as we just surround him with a decent cast, yeah. and we don't have injuries, we'll be a, at least a 500 team, yeah. make the playoffs every year. And part of it is just that the NBA is better than it was five years ago. No doubt. Um, where, you, you know, you look at the East now, and there just aren't guarantees in the way there used to be um plus now that the last two spots have to go to a playing game just makes that tougher as well. Yep. But another part of it is that you know Trey Young is not Dame. Um yeah. he, he's a super good player and he's he's still going to get a lot better. But Dame as he showed this week is just like he's he's just at another level. Yeah. Um and I don't think Trey is that guy yet where you can just plug it around him and just assume you're going to make the playoffs every single
0: year. Mhm. Yeah. And all the locker room, just nonsense as well. I know, and that's another thing that like makes Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is like, none of that stuff's going on with him. Like, can you imagine a press conference where Dame is having to answer questions like Trey did the other day?
1: (laughs) I mean, the the only time you really saw it was when, uh, was it the Olympics or was it FIBA? Whenever Dame went overseas, and there was a Chris Haynes like interview, yeah, 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 that like suggested that Dame might be unhappy. Well, he was meeting with
0: like the Braun and all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it was like the only time you ever heard anything. And then since then, it's like we have to get a weekly reminder (laughs) that Dame is fully locked into Portland.
0: Well, and like and to mirror that to Shay, like, can you imagine Shay having to answer questions like that, like coming up to the media and? I'm just trying to imagine who would be the local media to talk to Shay like that local TV guy did. Um,
1: oh, to like really challenge him?
0: Yeah, to like get in his get in his grill. Oh, it'd have to
1: be Dino. Dino.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dean Blevins. Yes, Dean <laughs> Blevins attacking Shay. Would um, be amazing. Yeah, I. <sighs> I just can't imagine it. Like I just cannot imagine having to be in that setting where Shea's having to answer questions about him not showing up to the arena for a game.
1: Yeah, I mean that's we've been very lucky so
0: far. That's the. I mean that's. I mean I think I believe that's the kind of guy that he is, and it's the Hawks are lucky to have Trey in a lot of ways, but you know you have these things to deal with, with certain superstars. Um, it's kind of circling back to what we talked about earlier. Like it's Shay is like such a, a blessing to the Thunder fan base. Like not only on the court, but the way that he, you know, conducts himself off the court as well is uh pretty impressive. Like he's just an impressive person.
1: Yeah. And you just hope that next season with Chet, and whoever the draft pick is going to be, that like as as positive as the media coverage has been of OKC this season, like next year it could get much more real because you look at the Western Conference; they're like still, you know, yes, they've lost some games, but they're still, you know, a couple games out of the play-in. Yeah. If you add in someone like Chet, it seems believable that they would be in a position where they're right around there. Yeah. And so and so the conversation is only going to get more fun with this team going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, give J Dub a year to develop and like a full summer of NBA training. Yeah. And you know, he's going
1: to play summer league.
0: He's going to play summer league. He he played the combine games. That's right. You give Giddy another year of development, a a full year to have Chip England with him, teaching him how to shoot better. I mean, they're, There's some exciting stuff, and I and guys are gonna fall off along the way. Like Trey Man has fallen off this year. I don't, I don't, I'm not like burying Trey Man here, but like not everybody's gonna be good. But if you just get a handful of guys out of the the big lot that Sam has, you can get pretty good pretty fast. Like I I think this team has the ability to like truly be in the playing conversation. Cause I mean, it's hard to imagine a world where like the Lakers like actually get better <laughs> next year, you know? Um, I, I think they're, they're going to be in the mix as early as next season. And, you know, it's, and it's still is like, they still have a ton of assets coming their way. The, the, like the real Houston picks, don't start until the next year. You know, so you could have a team that is either making the play-in or like on the verge of making the play-in, and then, you know, get like a middling pick of their own, but then get like a the sixth pick from Houston or whatever. Yeah, and the and the pressure will be increased
1: among the fan base, but it still won't be like it will be for the Timberwolves, who mm-hmm. even now OKC is only two games back of. like, Without a doubt. If, if if they don't make the playoffs this year, one, they might make a huge move. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But they also are going to come in the next season with massive amounts of pressure. Whereas yeah. OKC is going to have some local pressure, but it's still going to feel a little like we're on a joyride, especially if they, if they start off strong and they're just kind of in the play-in conversation. Yeah. I think people will be satisfied with that. Yeah. I think the only thing that would upset people is if everyone's healthy and they get off to like a you know three and twelve start. Yeah. That would be massively disappointing. Yeah. Coming no off doubt. of this season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And the thing about Presty that I have like real confidence in with regards to like pressure and regards to like pressing the button and everything is like Presty didn't press the button until that the last team was ready. Which was like perk was like the first like real button they pushed. And like trading for a center. Like he didn't push it until he knew they were ready, until they were actually winning. And then he's like, Okay, like you guys are ready. I will allow this to happen now. You know. When this team shows that they're that they can win, if they start next season, like twelve and seven or something like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. They might be ready to win now. You know, let's give this another twenty games and see and if they can replicate that again. It's like, Oh, okay. Like before the deadline, maybe we can go get this piece because we know that they need this and it may not be a full year before like that's ready. But I'm just saying like when this team shows like that's that to me will be and it was like the barometer for the last team. I think it'll be the same for this team. It's like people are like, when are they going to add this or go use their picks to trade for so? Like I can tell you that we've seen it before when this team shows they're ready to win the button will be ready and available. And until then, I, I just don't think you do it.
1: Yeah, the the one exception I would say is if there is a deal that is just so good, like where it's a, where it's a guy that the Thunder have already been targeting around the league that becomes available, I don't think you pass up that opportunity because as we've talked before, you, these opportunities don't come along every single day or every single season. yeah. So if there is a player that becomes available that is on the Thunder's list and he is actually available with the assets that they're comfortable with giving up, I don't think you can just let that pass you by. Yeah. If it if it really is the guy, and of course I don't have any idea who that would be. Yeah. And and it
0: probably won't happen just because these guys don't become available. We're talking like a like a star player that just is like they fit like a glove next to Shea. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like that button is always there and ready to push. Yeah, like um,
1: who's who's just a name. Okay, what about this? Never happened, obviously, never happened. But if Jalen Brown for whatever, what if what this if is, the this is the exact
0: conversation that I had with McKella? Like personality wise, like I don't think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I see. He seems cool to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well a guy like that. A big wing that everyone loves. This is the exact conversation I had with (laughs) McKelly on Monday. Whatever. (laughs) There's
1: no perfect player.
0: I know. This is why this is this is like the exact reason why they will wait. You know what I mean? Unless. Like the Celtics are so good.
1: Okay, not I said not him. (laughs) Someone like him, Andrew. (laughs) <laughs> whatever
0: <laughs> this is this is why like you you just wait and you develop j you de- you give yourself like time to see what usman jang is you know who had like 16 rebounds in the g league yesterday it's which is weird like i believe that that's correct but then you go look at the g league box score and it says a different number oh really so oh that's suspicious i don't know I don't know. I don't know if the uh, the blue are pumping up their numbers and just like yeah, no one's gonna check this. Like no one's, no one even watched this. Who cares? Um, I believe that their number is correct, but the G League, the G League box scores are not super reliable. Anyhow, but uh, um, before we leave, uh, two more things, Andrew. Yeah. First,
1: I said at the beginning of the season, my non-Thunder rooting interests would be based on which fan bases have created the most or least amount of fake SGA trades. Yeah. And I just wanted to update myself and everyone else uh, on the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Who have not had a good season. They are currently uh, 13 and 14. Yeah. If you go to basketball reference and you sort by three point attempts per game, how many players do you think you have to get to until someone is shooting better than 34%? For the Raptors? Yes, oh my gosh, they have been really bad. Um, you have to get to eight players. Wow. Malachi Flynn is the first player, and he's taking two point three game and isn't even
0: playing. I was gonna say he doesn't. He has probably played. Let me look. He's been all of really. Fred
1: Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, and Precious Achua are shooting under thirty four percent. Yeah, that's not ideal. That is incredible, and yeah. uh you know, they felt like they were, you know, one piece away. That's why they were making all those fake SGA trades. It's not so. No. And you start looking at this team and it's like, I don't even know what this team really is. Like if Scotty Barnes, if it takes him a couple more years, which is totally normal and fine for him to reach like an all-star level, like a lot of these guys are going to be aging out. And there's guys like Fred Van Vliet who have fallen off a cliff to such a dramatic extent going back to last season after he got the knee injury that like the idea that they have all these assets that are you know kind of these mid contracts that any team would want like that's starting to kind of not look real either yeah and so i'm just super interested to see what Masai does because the raptors fans have a lot of expectations yeah obviously yeah yeah and this isn't really a young team no you know outside of scotty barnes like all their young guys are kind of like guys you would project to be role players, you know, like Christian Coloco or, uh, Banton or,
0: you know, some of Yeah Barnes is the youngest guy on the team. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're (laughs) like Gary Trent's 24 OG's 25, Pascal's 28, Fred's 28. Yeah. Like we
1: talk about OKC kind of hitting that time zone and that's when they need to be progressing. And it feels like outside of Scotty, like the rest of the squad has reached that point. Yeah. And they just seem so
0: far away. Yeah. Scotty's had a rough season so far. He's had a really rough season. Yeah. He's, you know, two less points per game than his rookie season. He's sh- the shot is just like, he's just not there. 44% from the field, 32% from three. He was almost 50% from the field last year. Didn't shoot it well from three, but it was like, at least the ball was going in. You know, the the scouting report's out. That's the thing with these sophomores. It's like the scouting oh, report is out on these guys, yes. even with Josh. And like Josh has had to find a counter punch. And that's something that the Thunder talk about all the time. It's like they're they're gonna take away what you do best. And then after that, yeah, there have been, like how do you figure how do you figure out how to play? There have been way less giddy highlight passes this year. Like just the crazy passes. Yeah. They know they're coming. So, they know where the, They know where he wants to throw it, and they're going to take it away.
1: Yes, and he has made a counter. I think the, the the what you talked about on Monday, like the strength and physicality of driving to the rim, has been a real development. And obviously, Scotty needs to figure out what his thing is going to be. Yeah, um, he's big enough where you think that would kind of be his thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm just just enjoying. The Raptors scene from the outside, Andrew. They made a lot of fake SGA (laughs) trades, and uh, I'm afraid it it might not happen. I don't know if they have the pieces anymore to make that trade, which is a bummer. The other thing I wanted to mention—I mentioned it uh, earlier—Down to Dunk has a Discord, which we've actually had for two years now. True. Set up by Nathan Stinson. Shout out to Nathan. Shout out Nate. And uh, we now have over 500 members. 500 Down to Dunkers. Yes, it is. And I just wanted to encourage anyone if you're you know bored or you just want to try something new on game nights, we have a, a game thread specific to the game and you can just come in and watch with us. We have like 20, 25 people for the Mavs game and it was a blast. It's just a Thunder only feed. No distractions from other teams. Yep. Just talking Thunder all game. And uh, uh, it was great. I yeah. had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'll be there again tonight. Yeah. Check
0: out the Discord. The uh, th- I'm... Very interesting to see how Shea plays against the Heat. The Heat have been really good at uh disrupting guards like him this year. <laughs> Namely Tyrese Alliburton, who had one point in 33 minutes against them the other night. Yeah, and um, he's on your
1: fantasy team, which isn't is isn't helping you.
0: It wasn't ideal to have one point from one of my better players. <laughs> oh man. Uh do you have a link that you could post here in the chat for the Discord, Al? Uh yes I do. Give me just one second. So I will here post the is. link here in the chat. Also, we will retweet it through the Down to Dunk account as well. So join us on the Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's just like a a way to chat with with people. It's really how do simple. I
1: comment?
0: I'll just comment it to you. I don't know how to send. It. Okay. Okay. Um. And then uh, Will Burchett said, Have you guys ever considered doing playback watch along like you know Ball and Dunker Spot? I've
1: yeah, I just watched, uh, I was watching You Know Ball because YouTube TV wasn't working and it was the only way I could get YouTube TV to work was to watch the Sixers game with Trill also
0: watching it. Oh my gosh. Um, and <laughs> yes. The, yeah, answer, I, the answer to that is yes. I've actually had a meeting set up with the playback guys for oh. th- two months and we haven't been able to make it work. But like, yes, they're they're interested in having us do some stuff. And I am semi interested in doing it, um, so we'll see. You, yeah, you really want to choose
1: a good game because if you do get a blowout, yeah, and that's I don't where know. you. Ju- I don't. I don't. Then know it, how it becomes to like a three-hour pod, <laughs> which is exhausting. <laughs> as long as the game is entertaining and there's stuff to talk about, yeah, it, it sounds fun. I am terrified of it being like a thirty-point loss, and we're just talking about Pokemon. <laughs> Whatever Luke wants to talk about, <laughs> I know,
0: I know. Well, at least go join the Discord, and uh, it'll be, it'll be fun. It's very fun. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoy your day, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday.